Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 170, which we are recording on the 4th of July, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's actually the giant 4th of July holiday here in America. And it is a very well attended holiday in Santa Cruz. So we escaped to the campus of the University of California at Santa Cruz, which is up in the mountains away from the beach. So we are surrounded by redwoods. And it's very peaceful at the moment. And we're hoping to see maybe wild turkeys. We already (laughs) saw some deer and Charlene got some adorable pictures of some fawns, baby deer. And who knows what else we'll see while we're up here. Yeah. Wild hikers for sure. (laughs) (laughs) They can get really wild here in Santa Cruz. Let me tell you. Oh, when we were, I went running this morning also up here on campus. We saw two banana slugs mating. Now, there was a wildlife sighting for you. (laughs) You don't see that every day. No, you don't. All right. So what are you wearing? I am wearing my Divi poncho. It is a pattern by Jumper Cables. And in all honesty, I just slipped it off before we started recording. But I had been wearing it because we are going through a particularly summerish few days here in Santa Cruz where we have been in the 50s and very low 60s with lots of fog and lots of wind. So for all those travelers who came for a slice of Santa Cruz in the middle of summer and a vacation spot, they've gotten fog. Yeah. (laughs) Which is typical. So hey, that's what you get when you come to the coast. That's what you get. But even though it is foggy, it's finally starting to warm up just a tad, at least up here where we are, the wind has stopped. I think it's much, much colder down by the beach when I left our neighborhood, which is much closer to the beach. I know it was very windy there. So here it's not so windy and I did slip it off, but the Divi poncho is a poncho that I I think I just talked about it last Last episode. episode, Yeah, that I finished it. I knit mine in the Holst Yarn Coast, 50% merino, 50% cotton. Actually, it's, I think it might be 55-45. I can't remember which one is which, but it's a very close split. Very, very light fabric. And I was wearing this yesterday to work, and one of my coworkers commented on how nice the fabric was. And I just want to say that for those of you that have ever seen this yarn on the cone or in the little balls that it comes in or have tried swatching with it, the fabric that you get is very different from the fabric that you end up with. Let me, let me say that again. The fabric that you swatch is very different from after washing it. because when you knit with the yarn and when you see the yarn on the ball or on the cone, it comes in either balls or cones, it is very thin and it knits up very thin and you really have to wash your swatch to see what you're going to end up with because the yarn does have a little bit of spinning oil on it and when you wash that out, the fabric really blooms and your stitches look so nice and even. The yarn plumps up a little bit. That's when we say yarn blooms, 
think of a flower opening up and in that way that's kind of what happens with the yarn it it opens up it lets in more air and gets nice and squishy <laughs> plumps up it plumps up it really does and can't say enough good things about the light fabric that this produces but you guys already know that i know you're tired of hearing about it so <laughs> i will stop and i will ask gail what are you wearing? And I completely <laughs> cheated this episode. I knew Charlene was going to be wearing her divvy, and I wanted to wear a light layer too. And I thought, <laughs> I'm going to put on my divvy and surprise her. So I also am wearing my divvy, which I knit in a different base. I used the Reliquary 2 base from A Verb for Keeping Warm, which is a local yarn shop in Berkeley. I think their address is in Oakland, but Oakland. it's right on the border of Berkeley, Oakland, for those who know the area. Yeah, in, in the East Bay here in California. And the owner is a very, very knowledgeable natural dyer, and she has books on the subject, and all of the yarns that they produce, their yarn lines, are naturally dyed with natural ingredients or botanicals or mm -hmm. whatever they may be. And the colorway I used is called Macaroon, and it's a very, mm -hmm. very beautiful baby pink into darker pink, variegated, very lightly. I wouldn't even say variegated. It's tonal. It's and tonal. Yeah. It's a light fingering or heavy lace weight. So I, my base might be even a little lighter than Charlene's, but I'd say that they're very similar. Yeah, they are. So mine's probably a little warmer because I think it's almost is, all wool. Yeah, so more wool than mine. Yep. But love it. It's such a nice layer and it's it's almost like a convertible multi-use piece because it has a very drapey cowl neck to it, not a turtleneck, but a cowl neck. And it's really easy to pull it down over your shoulders, more like a poncho. Or right now I have it pulled up almost like it's flowing down my back because I'm getting warmer. So it's just easy to adapt it more to making it warmer. It is. I was trying to figure out how to describe that too. You can just kind of bunch it up and toss it in the back and it's you're still wearing a cowl but you can bare your arms yeah. and your chest and it feels really good <laughs> it's I like, very cute i like to call this one also like the perfect travel garment mm -hmm. because you can pull it off and use it as a blanket you can wear it multiple ways and it folds or crunches up into the tiniest little bag so you can pack it to bring with you for travel when you want something that's light yet warm so Hello sized yeah, and pillow size, it could also be a pillow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's very multifunctional. It really is. So that was Divi by Jumper, Jumper Cables. Okay. So what have you been stocking in this period of pattern fatigue? Oh, pattern fatigue for sure. I am still kind of tired of things and just not finding too much right now that's really exciting. I, I think... What's going to happen is in now that it's July 4th, July 4th usually signals the retail shift from the last remaining summer items to full on back fall. to school mm -hmm. and fall marketing. So perhaps we'll start seeing the fall patterns come out and maybe that will drag us both out of our maybe pattern i hope fatigue. so yeah I hope <laughs> we'll so. see if there's some new trends coming down the line who knows 
But during this period of pattern fatigue, I have only found a couple of things that interested me. And I picked them out because I thought they were both good free patterns that people might be interested in. They're both hats. The first one is called the Picnic Point Beanie, and it's by Fairlight Fibers. And it looks like an easy hat. It's knit in the round. The ribbing on the brim of the hat has twisted stitches, which I always like. I'm always attracted to so the way I, the yeah. twisted stitches are defined really nicely. It's got a cute pom-pom on top, and the sample is knit in a really nice speckled yarn. What's not to uh, like? <laughs> so I think it's very cute. That is cute. Yeah, very basic, but again, it's a free pattern. I think it's worth taking a look at. It's knit in DK white yarn. I was going to say fingerings because I'm so used to saying fingering. This one is knit in DK white yarn, 22 stitches to 4 inches in stockinette, and they list a size 4 needle, so it's knit tightly, oh, so yeah. it's going to be a warm hat, which is good. So check that one out. It's called Picnic Point Beanie by Fairlight Fibers. And then the second hat pattern is one that's actually been out for a while. This pattern was published back in November 2012, so I don't know how I came across this one, but it's very cute. It's called Little Scallops. It's by Maria Carlander. I've knit that. Oh, you have? I have. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I saw it, maybe I was looking at your projects. I don't know, but it's, as the name implies, Little Scallops. It's got little half, half circle scallop shapes along the bottom of the hat about a third of the way up has them and then a second color is used for the top two-thirds of the hat it's a free pattern but it's not hosted on Ravelry so if you go to the pattern page on Ravelry for the little scallops hat it has a link that will lead you to the designer's website or the designer's blog I think it is where the pattern is hosted well it's got a hand-drawn graph for the scallop shapes but it's very easy it looks like it would be a very easy sequence of stitches very easy to it follow was. oh good it was very and, easy and then since the pattern is only kids sizes it has a small which is zero to six months and then a large which is three to four years the scallop shape is just repeat repeatable so you could easily make the hat larger if you wanted to make it for a larger head for an adult, that kind of thing. Oh, there's a hawk. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. So, like I said, the birds nice. have been really active yeah. here lately, so yeah. there's a little taste. Yeah, nice. So that is the Little Scallops hat by Maria Carlander. I hope and you guys can hear hawk. the hawk. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know what it is, but the hawks that we commonly have in this area are the red-tailed hawk, and then we also get Cooper's hawks, too. We have a lot of red-tailed hawks red -tail around hawks here. Yeah, we have one that likely. is right in our, that lives basically 
in the green space behind our house on mm-hmm. either side. So it flies over our house on a regular basis. And I mm. love it. Yeah. It's always being chased by these little birds. Oh, yes. And did I tell you one of the little birds landed on top of oh, it you as it was flying? That. I've yeah. never seen That's that funny. before. That's pretty funny. That's funny. Okay, Gail. What are you stocking? Okay, so similar pattern fatigue, and I actually ended up stocking two things that, funny enough, one is called the beekeeper cardigan, and the other is called wool and honey. So apparently I have a oh, bee theme accidentally yes. going here. And the first one, the beekeeper cardigan, which is by Marie Green, I noticed that one because two people in our group are knitting it or might be knitting it for the colors of fall knit along. Mm-hmm. So it crossed my radar thanks to the planning thread mm-hmm. in our Ravelry group. And this one has an insane four day knit along that's going on for it. And I think that put it on the hot right now. I remember recently. seeing that. Are people really expected to knit it in four days? I think some people are doing it just for a fun challenge. It's a DK weight sweater with raglan shaping. So it's very simple shaping and a fairly thick yarn. So those both work in its favor to be a fast knit. And it looks almost like it's cabled. So the texture on it that lends it the name beekeeper has an almost honeycombish looking texture, but I think it's done with slipped stitches. It's not cables. So theoretically it wouldn't be that difficult to knit. And they said flat out, you know, the four day is just for fun. There is no, you know, it's just a self challenge to yourself. If you want to, it's not meant to yeah, be if, stressful or anything. If I were to participate in something like that, I'd have to clear my schedule because I wouldn't be able to work. Obviously I would have <laughs> cook, to be or clean or... knitting eight hours, eight to 12 hours a day in order to accomplish that goal. Yep. <laughs> so that, like they said, it's just for fun, but it's a super cute cardigan. I don't think it's written to have buttonholes or anything, even though it looks like it should. There are button bands, but I don't think there are buttons knit onto the bands. So I would adapt that to have buttons because I would want it to close. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cute cardigan and I can actually see myself knitting that in the future. I see that being a sweater I would totally wear, you know, it would fit into my wardrobe yeah. really well. And I now know I like DK weight sweaters a lot, <laughs> although I might have to convert it into a pullover because those are the ones that I actually wear. Mm-hmm. So that actually crossed my mind too. And that's the beekeeper cardigan by Marie Green. And the second one is a newer release and it's called Wool and Honey. And it's by the designer Andrea Mowry, who we've talked about many times and we've knit many of her designs. And this one is really cute. It's a fingering weight sweater. It's cropped and it has cable work along the circular yoke that looks like little beehive shapes, like hexagons or whatever they are. Honeycombs. Honeycomb. Thank you. Yeah. Honeycombs. <laughs> And it's really cute. And that one, I noticed it in Hot Right Now when it came out. And I thought, that's cute. But I don't really know if that's the kind of thing I want to knit right now. And then my friend Sarah, A Spell of Winter, she recently finished one. And it's really, really cute on her. Mm. And I think it's kind of along the idea of Cleo. How it's oversized but cropped in the right Mm -hmm. place that you can wear it layered with lots of different things. And this particular sweater was knit with loft, which is a very lofty fingering weight yarn. And I would love to be able to use my Barrett Wool Company 
the navy blue that I got at Stitches from Susan B. Anderson's wool mm -hmm. brand, her yarn yeah. brand. But I don't think I have enough yardage because oh. it uses a, a surprisingly high amount of it yardage. It would because it's a slightly oversized fit. Mm -hmm. so, Even though yeah. it's cropped, I thought the crop might make up for hmm. the difference, but it uses a lot of yarn. So I don't think I have enough of that yarn, but I can see myself absolutely wearing that too. It would fit into my wardrobe, I think, rather nicely. Mm -hmm. So that one might be a future knit as well. So beekeeper cardigan and wool and honey. It's a theme today. <laughs> so what have you been knitting? Oh, we have a deer right outside the window. <laughs> I didn't even see it. It's on my Big side of one, the car. Too. That's a mama deer. Yep. She's just stomping through the underbrush yeah. happily on her way. The deer around here are so overpopulated. When we go running, we can see packs of like 10 deer or on this one mountain, I call it Buck Hill, because there are always <laughs> these groups of bucks just standing around. You run right through them and they don't even flinch. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very. Yeah, I wouldn't call them domesticated, people. but they they're are. Somewhat domesticated. Yeah, I don't I think guess. they'd let you walk up to them, but no. they certainly didn't run away from the yeah. car. Yeah. So there she goes. We'd like to thank our July sponsors, Dragonfly Fibers. Rich, saturated color. Bold, interesting combinations, dare we say, shocking hues. Dragonfly Fibers is your source for beautiful quality yarns and fibers. Dragonfly Fibers creates hand-dyed artisan yarns and fibers in vivid and sophisticated colorways. We can be found in select local yarn shops around the world and at fiber festivals such as Rhinebeck, Maryland Sheep and Wool, Vogue Knitting Live, Stitches, and Saf. Our fabulous Club Dragonfly is in full swing, Sign up now and receive shipments in September and November. The club is available with or without bonus swag. Details are available on our website. Come see us at Stitches Midwest in Schaumburg, Illinois from August 2nd through the 5th. We'll be in booths 413 through 417 with loads of yarns, kits, and our show exclusive colorway, Lurie Garden. Casapinka's Crown Wool's Mystery Knit Along is starting on July 19th so you can see the progress people are making and pick up one of our four great colorway sets to make your own. We'll also have Find Your Fade and Fading Point kits and much more. Later in the year, we'll be at Shenandoah Valley Fiber Festival, Rhinebeck and SAF. Can't make it to one of the shows? All our yarns and kits are available at www.dragonflyfibers.com. Discover why we say that Dragonfly Fibers is the colors of happiness. So what have you been knitting? Well, believe it or not, my easy one is still on <laughs> the needles. I was afraid to ask. I think I knit a couple rounds on it. And okay, so remember at the beginning of the podcast, I talked about how different that coast yarn looks after you wash it. Mm -hmm. So this is where I'm stuck because I took... At some point, I took the sweater off the needles and I washed it because I wanted to see how much it was going to shrink up before I put my finishing hem on. So now when I continue, it looks so different. I'm having trouble because I keep thinking the gauge is off, but the gauge really isn't off. It's just that the new yarn I'm continuing is unwashed and the yarn up above 
is washed. So I really just need to get over myself and finish it, wash it. I get it though, because I'm having that same issue with Slade and the really? re knit, yarn I've already knit with that's crinkled. Oh, yeah. Looking different yeah. than the non-crinkled. So I get it. I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying. Because all I'm doing is knitting straight down the body. At this point, do I want to knit straight stockinette and have a curled bottom or do I want to follow the pattern and do ribbing because you guys know that or you may remember you may not remember that I tried several different ways of splitting the hem I tried to do something longer in the back none of them I liked so I ripped those out so maybe I'm on my third or fourth attempt at a hem treatment <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to get that one done just so that I can be done with it. Of course, something that's called the easy one that's supposed <laughs> to be very simple is the sweater that's hanging me up. Well, yes. I have to remind you that while you were knitting it, you did keep saying it really is the easy one. So it's just it the really finishing is. that's tripping you up. It really is. If I had just probably followed the pattern as written, I'd be wearing the thing by now. <laughs> But, you know, I keep thinking, oh, maybe I want to try this or I want to try that. So it's okay. It's, it's okay. almost a sweater. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost a sweater. It's almost a sweater. So that is the easy one by Holly Locatelli. The second thing that I have on the needles is the sweater that was nameless last episode when I talked about it. The pattern has since been released and it is called Westbound by Elizabeth Doherty. My version of it is a short sleeved linen top. It's a drop sleeve, drop shoulder top with a small v-neck. It's not a deep v-neck. It's a What's the opposite of deep? Shallow. shallow. It's a shallow V-neck. It's not... Yeah, it's it a shallow... It doesn't plunge. Yes, it doesn't plunge. You don't feel like you have to wear something to cover too much. <laughs> What's exposed. Point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very shallow V-neck with the drop shoulders. And, of course, it's knit top down so you can choose your sleeve length you can choose your hem treatment there is a version of the pattern i can't this version of the pattern i think has i-cord finish and i think you can do a v or a straight hem there's another version of the pattern that i think is ribbed i think so so there's a couple versions of it and I am doing mine in linen from, let's see, linen from Shibui. It's the reed and it's doubled. And I keep having to put it aside for a couple of days just to let my arms rest because the linen is a little rough on my hands. It causes me to get sore in the elbows. I'm rubbing my yeah, she's elbows. She's rubbing her elbows right now. <laughs> I'm rubbing my elbows because I knit on it last night and I can feel it a little bit, but I really want to get it done because I'm on the body. And once again, I'm just knitting down on the body. So getting pretty close, but I'm at that point 
where you knit and knit and knit and it magically doesn't get any longer. The black hole of knitting. Yeah. So I went around and around last night and it didn't increase at all. So at some point I'll knit three rounds and the garment will magically grow three inches. <laughs> so it's true. Because that's the way it goes. <laughs> it's similar to the phenomenon of the mystery place in the universe where all the second socks and all the missing stitch markers yes. and DPNs are. Yes. Yeah. It's a similar yeah. type of idea. Yeah. So the other thing I should mention is that Westbound has a self finished neck. So as you're knitting, top down and you're knitting your shoulders and you're knitting the neckline, the V-neck itself is actually finished. So you don't have to go back afterwards and pick up stitches and knit on an additional collar, which is really nice. Very nice. Yeah. I so like when you're that. You're done. You're done. Yes, exactly. So you'll still have to go back and pick up for the sleeves if you're knitting longer sleeves. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be knitting longer sleeves. My sleeves are just going to be the self, again, self-finished, the self-finished edges of the drop shoulder. So wherever the drop shoulder falls, and for me, it's like it's a short sleeve. And since it's a linen top, I think that's going to work yeah, perfectly be really because cute. I want, my goal is to have a top that I can wear in warmer weather. I think I may want to go back at some point and knit a three-quarter sleeve version in wool. Cute. Because it's really cute. <laughs> so that is Westbound by Elizabeth Doherty. And then the third thing that I am knitting, also an Elizabeth Doherty pattern, is the Latitude sweater. This one is an A-line top-down pullover. And I've started this since the last episode. I'm making a solid version of the Latitude. I, I mentioned solid version because the sample version that is on the pattern page on Ravelry is a striped Latitude. And I should mention that her striping sequence, really cute. Mm -hmm. The stripes get, I believe they get thicker as you go down. So... Let's see. Well, I should say maybe they get thinner because it depends. The contrast. Right. It's the contrast. Yeah. The contrasting color gets thicker. And, and then the stripes on the sleeves are the same size. And it's just really cute the way the stripe, striping sequence looks. I, I quite like it. So I think I may, if I really like the sweater and like the way it fits, I want to do a striped version someday. We'll see. <laughs> but that is, oh, and I'm knitting mine in a blue, which is going to be my entry for the Colors of Fall knit along. I can't remember the name of the blue. Nebulous. Nebulous blue is the color on the Pantone Colors of Fall. And then my yarn is the Coast, is the Holstgarn Coast in sapphire blue. I love the name, sapphire mm -hmm. blue. <laughs> and I really wanted a sweater in this color. For some reason, I'm just, I was really attracted to this blue and the blue has been sitting in my stash and perfect excuse 
to knit something for the colors of fall since I really like this blue and I wanted this been wanting to use this color anyway so there you go and speaking of the colors of fall so I'm considering knitting the same exact sweater latitude for my one of my colors of fall entries and last episode I had talked about maybe knitting Yana light by Isabel Kramer mm-hmm. and I have the yarn which I chose forest green which has the Ketzel green in it it's all wound up pattern yarn and everything are in a project bag ready to go and then sitting there knitting the last few days when it's been warmer in the evenings thinking do I really want to be knitting a single ply (laughs) wool silk blend right now or would I rather be knitting coast I think I'd rather be knitting coast and I have two colors I'm going to knit latitude in the striped version Mm -hmm. and I have coast dark navy and porcelain and porcelain is a very very light blue and the dark navy is a dead ringer for the colors of fall navy color so it looks so pretty it's gonna really be one of those kind of classic timeless color combinations as opposed to the wild things i normally do and i'm really looking forward to it and i wanted to hear about charlene's progress on her latitude before i cast mine on so i have a feeling yana light will be later in the summer because not only will it be more pleasant to knit with this yarn this time of year, but I will be able to wear it sooner because Yana Light will be a much warmer sweater. So saving yeah. that for later in the year makes more sense yeah. too. So I will likely have latitude on the needles very soon. Yay. Are yeah. you knitting anything else? Well, for Colors of Fall, the other thing that I have planned is All Point South by Casapinka. Yes. Casapinka. I blanked there for a second, obviously. And this is a design that Charlene and I got to see in person. We saw it this year at Stitches West in February in the Dragonfly Fibers booth. And Dragonfly Fibers has some lovely colors in their kits for the All Point South cowl. Why don't you... Cal not poncho. Cal not poncho (laughs) item, which is very attractive and oh, so pretty. It's a three color design. And back to Dragonfly, Kate from Dragonfly was wearing it when we were working in the booth. And Kate and I have similar coloring. And the colors I chose are similar to the ones that Kate was wearing. Mm. And it's kind of inspired by Kate too. So thank you for your sponsorship, Kate and Dragonfly. So if you visit the pattern page for All Points South, Casapinka specifically says this is not a poncho and that's because she has a 14 year old daughter who has a very specific vision of what a poncho is and Casapinka says that she won't be allowed to live in her own home anymore (laughs) if she calls a pattern a poncho because her daughter will think it's something that it's not but it's very similar to Divi in my opinion it's not as as loose of a cowl but it's a very similar design I think it's very I should say a contemporary idea of what a poncho I like that could be. Yeah. Because it's almost a cowl and it can be worn as a cowl in the same way that Divi can be worn as a cowl if you make it out of very light fabric like Gail and I have done. Yeah, and it is a finger it does call for fingering weight. Mm-hmm. But the colors, so it has three colors and each color has its own texture. And the colors that I am going to use are two Western Sky Knits that are both the Aspen Silk Base, which is a 600 yard put up, and it's half silk, half merino. 
The two colors I'm using are Wine, which is basically red pear from the fall colors of fall palette, and then a golden yellow, which isn't exactly the same yellow in the colors of fall, but works. And the third color I'm using is dyed by Jen Sheelan, who is a good friend of ours, really beautiful yarn called Claire, and it's based on the character Claire from the Outlander series. And it has the red pear in it, it has blues in it, it has browns in it, it has purples in it. It's a beautiful colorway. So it goes perfectly with the wine and the, I can't remember the colorway name of the golden yellow color, mm. but beautiful colors together. So those three skeins are again wound in a bag with the needles and pattern ready to go. Just haven't cast them on yet. So mm -hmm. I think my two colors of fall projects soon to be on the needles will be All Point South by Casapinka and Latitude by Elizabeth Doherty. Yay. So that's my future knitting. I'm not actually <laughs> knitting those yet. So what are you knitting? Oh my gosh. What am I actually knitting? I'm monogamous right now. I am solely focused on Slade. The sweater I'm knitting for Mike Last episode, I had recast on the sleeves, and to remind you, this sweater is knit in pieces and seamed, and the sleeves are knit bottom up, knit flat, and then seamed, and then seamed to the sweater. And when I had Mike try it on before the cruise, the sleeves that I had knit were too small. So I had to rip them out, and I had started them over, and I had not washed the yarn after I ripped out the sleeve. So the yarn had that top ramen texture to mm -hmm. it. So I wasn't enjoying knitting with the top ramen yarn. And I realized right after I recast them on that, how am I going to guarantee these aren't also too small? So I set it down for a while, decided to give it a little think. And I've decided I'm going to MacGyver the pattern and go completely off pattern. And instead of knitting those sleeves bottom up and seamed, I'm going to use Elizabeth Doherty's top down set in sleeve method and pick up at the top and knit them in the round top down. So that way I can have Mike try it on, know if it fits, etc. So I ripped out the second start of the sleeves and my our awesome friend Carol, love pie, took the yarn home and used her knitty naughty to turn it back into Hanks for me, which I then washed and dried. So now that yarn <laughs> is much nicer in texture. And I hadn't finished the collar yet. So once I tried it on Mike and realized the sleeves were too small, I just set the whole sweater down and said, I'm not even looking at you for a while. Well, the collar, I had gone a couple rows beyond the buttonhole rows. And I didn't like how the buttonhole rows looked. I did the buttonholes. They weren't good. <laughs> just to say they weren't good. So I decided, well, since I'm redoing so much of the sweater, I'm just going to rip back all these rows on the collar and do that over again, yeah, too. Yeah, you can make it how you want it. Exactly. So I ripped those out a couple days ago. And then today, because it's a holiday and I didn't have to work, I sat down and got all of the collar stitches back on in the right orientation and oh, got yeah. those buttonhole rows done. So now I just need to knit probably like eight more rows maybe on the collar and then bind it off and then I'll start on the sleeves again. Yay. So I'll be monogamously knitting on Slade until it's done. So that... It always feels so good to get back to that point. <laughs> yeah, back to the point where you were happy with it and not yes. frustrated with it. Yes. And I won't look back on those buttonholes and think, oh, I wish I'd done them a different yeah. way. So basically the pattern had you do all these weird like slip the stitch, wrap the yarn, slip it back and slip it over. It was very involved. 
And then when you did the second row, you didn't have to cast on any new stitches, but instead of having an open buttonhole that was very specifically a buttonhole, mm-hmm. there was like a piece of yarn that crossed the buttonhole oh, part way. So I have seen buttonholes like that. Yeah, it wasn't clean and neat, and I can see Mike getting yeah, the not getting, getting the button through, and yeah. So I didn't like that. I all every time I see a buttonhole like that. I cringe because you know that that strand is going to be weakened every time they put the button through Mm -hmm. because wool is going to be weakened Mm -hmm. every time you rub it with the button. So, And then someday it's going to snap and you'll have a nightmare repairing your hands. So I went back and did it so that at the buttonhole, I simply bound off the three stitches I needed to for each buttonhole. On the second round, I did a cable cast on three stitches for to make up the other side and it's going to be perfect that way they're not they're i mean they look great look they look great there's a little bit of overlap right there but they look like buttonholes are supposed to look so i can go back and reinforce them later if i want to so that's slate and it will be done by the next episode is my firm prediction okay so what have you finished since the last episode? The only thing I finished is another little kitchen scrubby. <laughs> you are going to be rolling in kitchen scrubbies or no, have I've them for only, Christmas. I've only done a couple and I only made a couple because I needed them for my kitchen because the state of mine were sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to make a couple to replace. Trick is to throw away those old ones and get them out of rotation. So, yeah, they get nasty. Yeah, they do. There are a lot of people in our group, Linda and I think Victoria and some other people who are knitting linen face cloths right now. Kind of the those same idea. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And they're good gifts. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So what have you finished? I have a couple finishes actually. I finished my Hohui shawl, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. It's my twin shawl to Charlene's. <laughs> I used my bakery bears merino cashmere nylon blend in the silver dollar which is basically the what do they call it quiet gray so this is not a colors of fall project however it is a colors of fall finish because it has the (laughs) quiet gray and then her snaily paley pink which is mellow rose and the third colorway is a western sky knits colorway called boysenberry and it has purples and pinks and a little bit of the quiet gray in it and it's beautiful. The shawl is so beautiful. I showed it to Charlene when she got to my house for recording. I'm so happy with it. I just bound it off last night, finished the Pico bind off. And that shawl has like 500 something stitches on the needle when you're at the end. So it took hours to mm-hmm. bind it off. But the Pico bind off's fun. Mm-hmm. Bind off, bind off, cast on, cast I on. I like bind doing off, it too, off. just because... I'm so happy with the results. Yes, it's so cute. I yeah. love the little edge. I do too. Highly recommend the pattern. That's Hihui by Hohi Locatelli. It's from her authentic collection. <laughs> and I also finished a little sweater and hat combination for my friend and his daughter. And the sweater pattern I used is Little Coffee Bean by Elizabeth Smith. It's a free pattern on Ravelry about the most basic raglan-shaped cardigan you've ever seen and I added the main m-a-i-n-e baby hat which Tracy from the two knitlet chicks recently talked about on their podcast and it's basically a perfect pattern because they give you all the different cast on numbers for multiple sizes in multiple weights of yarn 
So it's oh, a really nice. good template very pattern. Very versatile. So I knit the hat to match and the pat the sweater pattern is striped. And when we were out shopping with Laura, Laura Knits PA and Barb and Tracy from the Two Knit Lit Chicks, I fondled a base from Juniper Moon Farms called Cumulus. And it is a cotton yarn with a tiny bit of nylon and it's chain plied. And it is one of the softest yarns I've ever felt in my life. It's amazing. It's really soft. I've found that yarns that have that nylon content have that feeling to it. Very nice. I was so stunned. And Laura said she had completed a test knit with that base fairly recently. And she was raving about how nice it was to knit with. Hmm. And let me tell you, you would not think that was a cotton yarn. <laughs> it was so much fun to knit. I picked a solid called something like Flamingo. And then they also, so they have a solid base and then they have a dappled base. And the dappled base had Mellow Rose in it. So it actually works for Colors of Fall as well. And it was just so simple to knit and so nice. The only downfall, which I didn't realize until I was done, hand wash. So oh. for a baby knit, that's a bummer. It doesn't, nowhere on the label it has those little pictures, those little glyphs yeah. that tell you how to watch it, wash it, which yeah. I didn't bother to translate. I just hand washed and I feel kind of guilty given oh. hand wash, but oh well, it's already done. That's surprising. I, know, I wonder how it would do. I wasn't going to risk it. In the washer. I'll have to ask I, Laura. Maybe she Well, I'd be washed. curious if you still have your swatch, I would toss it in the washer and see, see what it does. I don't. Think, I don't think I swatched because it was a baby uh, sweater. I don't think I yeah. swatched. I gave the rest of the yarn to my mom, though. So maybe we'll mm. see what she does with it yeah. and if she wants to chance it. But I really enjoyed knitting with the yarn. That's Juniper Moon Fibers Cumulus. Really a nice yarn. I highly recommend it. So those were my finishes. I was pretty proud of myself. Charlene had a great idea for a little segment in this episode. So... I think really it's just bringing something back that Gail and I used to do occasionally in our first couple of years of podcasting. We would sometimes have little tech tips or little knitting tricks, just little tweaks that we can all use for certain times in our knitting. Just little helpy, helpful, hints, helpful hints, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, a lot of you probably will already know these tips, but you just never know because I remember the first one that I'm going to talk about. I heard it just a few years back and thought, oh my gosh, that's going to save me so much time. So you just never know what some you, people already exactly, know and don't know. Exactly. You, you never know. And I think what we'll do perhaps is start a thread in our Ravelry group so that if you have a helpful hint or a tech tip that you can share, you can post it in there. And then what Gail and I will do is when we have this segment, we'll be able to draw from your helpful hints or tech tips. Yeah, with all of the knitting knowledge we have in our group, there are going to be some huge exactly. tips and things that I've never even heard of yet. And I'll think, I'm, how did I not know that's that? Ex that's exactly it. I'm sure there are a lot of things out there that I do not know. Yep. So I would love to help share wonderful, helpful hints and tech tips with the rest of you. So like I said, I got this tip several years ago from a different podcast, which is no longer being produced. And it's in regards to make one left and make one right. 
So if you're doing increases, this is one way of making an increase that doesn't leave an eyelet hole, which a yarn over increase will leave mm -hmm. a, a, a hole in your knitting, so to speak. An intentional hole. Intentional hole, correct. And I could never remember if it's knit one left and what, I'm sorry, make one left, make one right. Does the needle go from the back to the front or from the front to the back? And she said, oh, I remember because when it's make one right, I tell myself I'll be right back. So you take your needle and you go from the back of the stitch and you lift it up and then you knit into the front. And if it's make one left, I left the front door open. So you go into the front of the stitch. So left, I left the front door open, left front and make one right. I'll be right back. You come from the back of the stitch. So that has helped me. I've not had to look up cool. how to do that since I heard that little helpful tip. Very so cool. hopefully that helps some of you too. Very I still cool. have to look up every time. Do I do make one right on which side of the raglan increase and make one left on which side? I can never remember <laughs> which side is which. So I still have to look that up, but at least I know how to do the increase yeah. itself. Yeah. So that's my first one. Cool. What I wanted to talk about was circular knitting and when you come to the end of a bind off in circular knitting, what do you do? Now, one of my, one of my other, I don't know what you'd call it. One of my other gigs, I guess I do. <laughs> I do some you rock star. You. <laughs> I do judging and I do. I look at people's knitting and I do judging. That's enough. Just <laughs> and one of the flaws, one of the most common flaws that I see is when people are binding off circularly their start and their end is very obvious because there's either a notch there or a gap or they've tried to close it in a way that is lumpy or visible in some way. That would be me. Have, <laughs> mine's like a little bump almost. Well, one of the ways that I have found and what I call it is closing that gap because what happens if you do nothing and you start your bind off, you bind off around and around and around. Remember, we're binding off in, on something that's circular knitting. So you bind off, you go around and around and around, you get to that last stitch, you either bind it off or you pull it through, whichever way you do, you pull the end of the yarn through. You get, you can visibly see your first stitch and visibly see your last stitch because the first stitch and the last stitch are not connected. So I call it closing that gap because that gap is what makes it obvious. And what I often do and what I recommend, what I actually teach people to do if they have that visible gap is to close the gap. And how do you close the gap? So you're at your last stitch that you're binding off when you go around I have people put their needle into the first stitch that they bind off and then knit that 
and then pull the loop over like you're binding off a whole other stitch. So you're basically joining the last bound off stitch with the first bound off stitch. You're, you are creating another stitch, but in general, one stitch doesn't cause an issue. If you're in a situation where one stitch will cause an issue, then of course this no, this won't be a solution for you. But if one stitch doesn't cause an itch, issue, you create that stitch and you bind it off and you've joined your last bound off stitch with your first bound off stitch and that closes the gap. So once you do that, you have one loop left. What I always do at that point is just snip it and pull it through. So now that when you're saying you join the last bound off stitch to the very first bound off stitch, so at that point, you only have that one loop left on your on your needle. Correct? You basically have to pick up. Pick up. A that stitch. was going to be my yeah. question. You yeah. have to. If if it's not obvious to you, mark when you bind off that first stitch somehow. Stick a a piece of thread, lay it across. Or if you're confident that you can see, then you don't need to do that. But you basically yes, that's a good question. You have to pick up that very, you knit it through it as if you were picking up a stitch. Got it. And maybe what I'll do is I'll make a little video of that sometime. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I have shown this to people who have been knitting a long time, they're all, they always say, oh, that makes so much it sense. Why have that. I never thought of that before? <laughs> and so this just happened at the store last week I showed somebody and one of my coworkers was just gobsmacked. Why haven't I yeah. ever thought of that before? So I just thought that I would share that because I feel that it closes the gap. I call it my close the gap technique just because <laughs> there is that opening from your first stitch to your last stitch. So basically all I'm doing is closing that gap, drawing it together and then pull the end then you just pull it to the inside or the non-public side of your piece and you weave that in on the non-public side. So. Okay, I'm going to use that when I bind off Mike's sleeves in the round. <laughs> so I'll be able to test that test for the it. next episode. Yes. And I love it. Depending on how you are binding off, whether you're knitting, whether you're binding off in knit or purl or in pattern, when you pick up, you may want to pick up, you might need to play around with it because you may need to do a pickup through the back or you may need to do a pickup as if you were purling, I should say, not through the back. But you may need to play around with it because it'll look a little different depending on the direction that you pick up from, of course, and you want it to look consistent, perfect. You yeah. want it to look consistent. Yes. So you may need to play around with it. And of course, that's not going to be the solution for every circular bind off, but it may be a solution for something that you're working on. So Very take cool. it or leave it. I like that. It's closing that gap in circular bind offs. <laughs> <laughs> and Gail, you had one more helpful yeah, one hint, one that I just used the other day. So this works when you're casting on a large number of stitches and or when you're just counting a large number of stitches. So with Huhui, the shawl I just finished, I was counting the number of stitches on the needle to determine if I was ready to begin the next part of the pattern. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it while watching TV and talking to Max. 
So trying to count 432 <laughs> stitches was not going very well. No, that would not. Right. I kept messing up and getting frustrated. So the tip is you just have a little stack of removable stitch markers. And after every 25 or 50 or however many stitches, you pop one of those onto your needle or you, you know, if you're casting on, you can put it on to the circular, onto your needle, or in my case, because I was counting existing stitches, I was using the safety pins and just popping one in between to mark that was 50 stitches. And then the worst you can do is mess up the next 50 and you didn't mess up the previous 350 because right. there are already uh, markers there indicated. Right. So, so even if you mess up, you only have to count to 50. Exactly. <laughs> so instead of counting to 432, like four times, it was much easier once I used the stitch markers. Definitely. So, yeah. I like it. Good tip. <laughs> <laughs> so we will definitely start a thread about these. And also, if you can ever link to the online resource that might talk about the tip, that's super helpful too. Yeah. When I did my buttonholes today, I went directly to you to uh, Google and looked up buttonholes and found very pink. She has some great videos. She is the one whose pattern I used for the log cabin blanket, and she has really great resources on her website. So when I saw that she had a tutorial for buttonholes, I instantly went to hers. And another resource, I think you may have to buy these CDs, which you can download online. You don't actually have to get the hard CD. But Lucy Neatby has a series of CDs that have all sorts of tips on them. And I bought them years ago and I will randomly at times just watch sections of them. Oh, really? And from those videos, I learned the tip for when you are doing color work and you're knitting, holding one color of yarn in each hand and how to make sure the color you want to be dominant is dominant and just various things like that, that I've learned just by watching those every once in a while. So cool. online resources are fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. And if you can link your tip or trick to an online resource, that's very helpful. Yeah. So hopefully you guys found this useful. So we'll occasionally sprinkle in little tech tips and helpful hints in the next few episodes. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. All right. I hope you guys are enjoying the colors of fall knit along. Hopefully, I know a lot of us got a slow start on yeah, what we, we were going to cast on. It we was did. not the gung-ho yeah. everyone started on the right, the same Maybe day. Maybe everybody is feeling a little pattern fatigue maybe yeah and i think a lot of people were struggling with the colors and which color in yes. which pattern and pairing those yeah. up too so yeah. hopefully everyone is settled on something and the planning thread is a great resource just to check out what other people are doing there were some interesting swatch experiments for different sweaters and different yarns that were cool to see people you know put their swatch pictures on there and to see how certain yarns weren't giving texture the way they wanted them to. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty interesting just to yeah. see other people kind of not fight with their swatch, but you know, settle on the perfect yarn. Play with their swatch. Play with their swatch. It's a much better <laughs> outlook. So hopefully you're enjoying the colors of Fall Knit Along and we have until sometime in September, I believe. Yes. So either the lot of time. Approximately the 21st. Yeah. A lot of time. So happy summer for those of you in our hemisphere and happy winter to the rest of you and, and happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye, bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group 
My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.